Lent, or let's say more specifically, Ash Wednesday, has a way of reaching and touching a place that is very deep within us, a place of profound honesty. Every single one of us here today knows that we need renewal. We know that we need to be continually converted, to be transformed. And Ash Wednesday just gives us permission to publicly acknowledge this reality within our hearts all together. We're all in the same boat. But it also announces that this renewal that we desire and yearn for is actually possible. That that Lent of all Lents that is truly going to make a difference in our life, a profound difference, that we don't have to wait another year for that. That if you and I humbly surrender and yield to the one who invites us to take this Lenten journey with him, he is the one who can bring about that transformation and renewal that we know we need. What's going to make a difference and the key of a good Lent is where we focus. And so Jesus rightly says that it can't be focused on ourselves. When we take up penance and almsgiving, it can't be self-focused. We don't do penance in order to be focused on what I'm giving up, what I'm denying myself so that I can flex my spiritual muscles and maybe feel good about myself. Or, if I fail, feel bad about myself. Giving alms is not in order that people think I'm a good person, to be noticed for what I'm doing. It can't be about us. That cannot be the focus of a good Lent. This reading that we heard in the gospel, it begins by Jesus seeing the crowds, seeing us. And then it says, he went up the mountain and began to teach. Scripture describes this gaze of Jesus as a gaze of deep compassion. This is where our Lent needs to begin. We need to see Jesus gazing upon us. 
When that moment of the Mass comes and I, this is the highlight of the Mass for me, when I get to hold up the Eucharistic Lord and I say, Behold the Lamb of God. At that moment, what is the Eucharistic gaze of Jesus upon you and me as we begin this Lent? It is this gaze of deep, profound compassion. And I remember the first time I accepted and received this gaze upon my life. When I was younger, my goodness sakes, I was so worldly in my spirit. I was so caught up and entangled in this culture of self-absorption, this culture of unrestrained, impulsive self-indulgence. I was such a slave to sin. And I was thinking I was living the good life, the American dream, and yet realizing that these things could not fill the emptiness in my heart. They could not quiet the restless heart that I always carried. That power and wealth and pleasure and material things These were empty promises. And I was afraid to look at my heart. And I was afraid of facing the deep inner brokenness and enslavement in my heart. I was afraid to look at God because I thought God's gaze was a gaze of condemnation. And so I was not only afraid to acknowledge the truth myself, but I had to also hide it from others. And so I wore all the masks and I just simply tried to do the best I could to try to improve myself, but failing continually. Picking up one self-help book after another. Thank you, Barnes & Noble. And it was finally the pain of my sinful life, the misery that it led me to, that brought me to a place where I was willing to peek up at God. And I was so surprised. It was not a look of condemnation. It was a look of the most holy compassion, a look of such merciful tenderness that allowed me to come out of my darkness and just simply, humbly acknowledge who I was, a lost, fallen sinner that needed desperately a Savior. And that Savior was looking right at me. And in that gaze was not only a gaze that knew all about me, all the things I tried to hide from myself and others, I was completely known in love. A love that also was a gaze of redemptive hopefulness. That now for the first time, I could actually hope 
to be better, to live a better life, to become the person that God actually made me to be. And it all began with the gaze of Jesus. And as I acknowledge my unfinished self today, if I want to continue to progress in freedom, in new life, I have to return to that gaze of Jesus upon me. Because it's in that heart that the renewal that I need is possible. So I want to recommend two things. I have an image, one of my favorite images of Jesus. I'm going to carry this around all throughout Lent, and I'm going to look at it as often as I can to remind myself that this is the focus, not myself, to keep the focus on Jesus and to live under this merciful gaze of redemptive hopefulness that will allow me to persevere and to do things for the right motive, to grow in love of God and my neighbor, that serving the poor is about quenching the cry of thirst of Jesus on the cross, that thirst for love in the poor, and to carry a crucifix. This is a pocket crucifix that we can all carry and to get that crucifix out all throughout Lent and to remember what Lent is about and to keep the focus on Jesus, on the power of his cross and resurrection to truly set me free, to live a new life, to make real progress in holiness and renewal. This and maybe other ideas you might have is what will keep the focus on the right place. Otherwise, our Lent will be kittywampus, as my mother would say. It'll be focused on ourselves and we will go nowhere and go right back to our old habits at the end of Lent, as if Lent never happened. And we'll never know the joy of the resurrection and the seeds of resurrection that are capable of sprouting and enduring to eternal life. So are you ready for another Lent? Let's enter a Lent that is focused on Jesus Christ. Amen?